With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. However, standing by right now is the one and the only, Sean Mooney. Who? Mooney, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> After you threw him off through the announce table, Taker climbs back down, he gets in the ring, and he goes, see if he's breathing. So right before I called 911, I thought she'd fallen asleep. So I nudged her, she didn't respond. I was sitting out in my front yard, and they told me that uh, she didn't make it. If they would do a movie about your life, who would you want to play your part? <laughs> Well, George Clooney, of course. <laughs> Who else could it be? You know, I think it would take probably a hundred thousand dollars at least to bring us in for the Hall of Fame. Are you laughing, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. Did you just laugh, Sean? You can't. You can't even show them on TV because they're so busy humping each other that you can't even <laughs> show them on TV. Attention, Sean Mooney, you scum, you slime, you maggot. If there's no further questions, you're dismissed. Carry on, maggot. Welcome, everybody, to Primetime with Sean Mooney. I hope you had a great week. Uh, apparently, all you listeners out there enjoyed the episode with John Bradshaw Layfield, or rather JBL. Not only did that episode have one of the highest number of downloads for one day that we've had, uh, it also had an even higher spike a day later, which is phenomenal. So I'm really happy that you enjoyed that episode with JBL. Uh, really a fascinating guy, and um, I'm sure when you started listening to the episode, you had no idea there were so many sides to JBL, uh, not for just what he accomplished in the ring, but also what he's done outside of the squared circle. He became a financial expert along the way, now a contributor and host on the Fox Network, uh, very committed to helping young people, as we talked about his Beyond Rugby Bermuda organization, and you know, of course, I love rugby and my background there. So uh, I'm all I'm all in on that one with him. And he's helping a lot of young people and he's trying to spread that organization uh, into the United States. So we certainly wish him well in that and, and definitely enjoyed speaking with JBL. I can't wait to see him soon. Uh, it's been a really fun week as well as we uh, kicked off our Patreon account with our listeners. Uh, we had our first AMA as uh, we were calling them, Ask Mooney Anything. Uh, Q&A, and it was a lot of fun. There were some great questions. Uh, we gave away a vintage trading card that uh, I'd had around here for a while, and I love giving that stuff away, man. Wait till you see what I've got in the garage that uh, I'm going to be giving away in the uh, the coming weeks and months. Uh, you're going to love it. And um, 
We've got a lot more of that stuff on the way, you know, the Q&As and uh, a lot of bonus material. We're about ready to reach another milestone. We probably uh, will already have uh, when this podcast uh, is along the way when you uh, are listening to it. And that will include a new bonus episode. And um, we're about to, uh, you know, uh, put a lot more stuff on there. And I'm going to be making these little videos here and there. And then also um, just recording uh, these extra extras on these interviews that we do, these conversations that we have. Uh, we've got a great one included in this podcast that I think you're really going to love. Uh, if you are not a patron yet, uh, why not? Why are you not is the big question here. <laughs> but uh, you can become one very easily. All you have to do to go uh, do is go to patreon.com slash primetime Mooney. That's patreon.com slash primetime Mooney and check it out. If you have any questions, hey, just email me. You know we're going to answer. And uh, if you have any questions at all, we'll we'll get that taken care of. But there's already a lot of information, and it is very easy to sign up. As I said, just go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. Uh, and, guys, there's something else that we need you to do for us, uh, okay? You know, for months now, we have been trying to officially monetize our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of material up there, and it's uh, another uh, revenue stream for us, or could be anyway, to uh, help uh, – keep this podcast uh, the way it is and uh, take care of the great people that work on my team with me. And, uh, you know, so we've been doing this for months uh, to, to get it uh, taken care of with them. And for some reason, YouTube, after evaluating our channel, they keep coming back to us and saying that we have copyright issues. Now, this is just, uh, I say, it grinds my hiney. Uh, <laughs> we, we've gone through everything. We're like, what the hell can they be talking about? Every second of content on our channel is what we have created, uh, Primetime with Sean Mooney. You know, so we thought, okay, maybe in the intro, because you can hear Vince and Bobby. You know, they say, uh, Bobby says, who? As Vince throws it to me. And uh, we took that out. And then uh, we thought, oh, maybe it's the music. It's Primetime music. So we took that out. But after, you know, still, uh, after four submissions, they will not approve us. So. Uh, I figured, you know, we'll just start another channel and then we'll submit it again. Let's find out what the heck is going on here. Uh, so we're not uh, giving up and we need your help. And, and this is my my plea for you to help us. You know, at this point, it's really it's not about earning money for our content. Well, of course it is. But I mean, <laughs> but really, no, it's come down for me. It's like the principle of the thing. They're saying that our material is not ours and it's it's ours. Every second that uh, is on that channel, we create it. And, uh, you know, like saying all of our hard work, the hundreds of hours now of content we've created is, is not ours. And that is absolutely wrong. So we need you to go to our new channel. We've created a new channel. It's Primetime Mooney on YouTube, Primetime Mooney, and subscribe. And then I need you to watch something because we got to build up those hours again so we can get to the point where we qualify and they will consider us. Now, who knows what's going to happen but I'm, I, I figure I'm not giving up until we try everything we can do. And it's pissed me off, uh, really, because who are they to say that our content is not our content and, uh, you know, for our listeners to enjoy. So, Moon Nation, I am calling on you right now. Can you hear me? Moon Nation, uh, organize um, and, and, and stand up to these schmucks at YouTube and help us out. Now, that's Primetime Mooney on YouTube. And I'm thanking you advance, in advance. I'm thanking you in advance. Let's show them the power 
of PTSM. All right. I have been looking forward to this podcast because I was very anxious uh, to really, you know, meet the man, even though it's on uh, over the airwaves or however you want to describe it. Uh, but I wanted to meet the man behind the insanity. Uh, Joey Janella has a reputation in the indie world of taking hellacious bumps. Uh, maybe you've seen a few of them. Maybe you've seen his matches. Maybe you had the, uh, the opportunity to actually see him in person. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's taken these incredible bumps uh, since uh, over the, you know, 10 plus years he's been at this. And it, it's just incredible. Uh, so many, in fact, he inspired a documentary that's titled Please Don't Die, Joey Janela. I'm not kidding. You can find it on YouTube. But as I uh, found out, there is definitely a method behind all his madness. Uh, joining us this time out is independent sensation and now an official member of the just announced AEW roster, Joey Janela. Ding, ding, ding. Well, folks, you know, my guests this week can be described uh, a lot of ways, but overnight success is not one of them. For more than a decade, uh, he has worked from backyards to just about every independent outfit you could imagine, but it is all paying off now. I am pleased to welcome the bad boy, Joey Janella. Joey, uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on Primetime. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thanks for uh, having me on, Sean. Uh, yeah. It was a crazy, crazy week last week, and, uh, you know, I'm just getting a chance to uh, <laughs> sleep a little bit. Yeah, well, and soak it all in. Uh, you know, folks, uh, of course, all Joey had to do was mention that. I mean, it kind of it rocked the world of professional wrestling. And uh, I had been uh, – I knew about this coming, you know, because I'm good friends with uh, all those folks with uh, Conrad and and uh, Cody. And, and uh, after the success of All In, I knew something was coming. But uh, now everybody knows about All Elite Wrestling. Uh, they had a big rally uh, at the beginning of the year to announce the debut of All Elite Wrestling. And, uh, you know, and you're, you're going to be on this roster. So uh, – Tell me how this all came about, that uh, you were going to be included in this first class uh, of, uh, of the roster of AEW. Um, I think back right after my second spring break show, I hit up Matt Jackson, and mm -hmm. I asked him where, where could I send uh, an 8x10 and a VHS submission tape to be on the all-in show, just yeah. joking around <laughs> about <laughs> About ten minutes later, he hit me up and he said, "You're on." Wow! Uh, so it was pretty. It was pretty. I was pretty shocked that uh, I was going to be a part of this all-in show. Yeah. Um, and uh, fast forward to September. Well, let's not fast forward though. I let's mean, talk I, about that match though. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm fast forwarding. I'm yeah. fast forwarding. Oh, okay, to that okay. Match. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were getting ahead to the announcement, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, we. Me and uh, Adam Page, we had a barn burner show stealer yeah. of a match at all in. Um, you know, it was a wild one. And, um, you know, uh, people still talk about that match on social media like every day. Yeah. Um, so we did something great. And um, they hit me up. They said they were going to, they were start, starting this wrestling company. And I told them I was 100% in. Um, my goal in wrestling was always a W. WWE, mm -hmm. but after All In, I realized there's more to do and there's more out there, and I rather, you know, I rather be a part of something uh, 
history making and uh, life changing for a lot of people. You know, and going back to that all in event, and I was there uh, for the event and uh, got to be a small part of it, but and also was part of StarCast. But I have to tell you, Joe, you know, uh, going there, I didn't really know what to expect because, uh, you know, my era uh, with the WWF and uh, the WWE was a really a different time. And I was, I really hadn't been around that world a lot and seen how the, you know, the independent world had just uh, kind of exploded with Cody and the Young Bucks. But I'll tell you, man, I was so impressed with that event. And there were so many great matches, uh, at that, uh, at All In. And for yours to stand out like that, uh, it had to be something. And like you said, people are still talking about it. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing, uh, how far you've come. (laughs) <laughs> I want to, you know, yeah. and, and like I said, you were not an overnight success by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Um, and I know really it, it started in backyards, right? Yeah, basically it just started in friends' backyards. Um, and I guess we were all inspired by the Hardy Boys and the ECWs and mm-hmm. jumping off ladders and makeshift tables out of whatever, the doors. <laughs> which is weird because we use doors now in indie wrestling. I was using doors in backyard wrestling. Head of your time. Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Oh. Cheaper than tables, but uh, yeah, anything that we could get our hands on any materials, you know, we were just wrestling on trampolines, wrestling on makeshift rings, um, wrestling on ground. <laughs> just, it was wet. It was, uh, you know, it was this, it was the wild times. A lot of, a lot of people were backyard wrestling. It was, yeah. that was the height of it. It's a, it was on the Maury show. It was on Phil Donahue, whatever. Uh, <laughs> just uh, Ricky Lake. I, all those shows had a, a special about why your kids shouldn't do Right. That. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say it was all about cautionary tale. Do not let your child yeah. do this. <laughs> but um, I think every, I think every TV primetime TV talk show had something about backyard wrestling around that time. So, uh, yeah, just doing that and, uh, started, uh, uh, for some reason we ran into a guy, um, at a movie theater who was a local indie wrestler. His name was Dirtbag Dan. Oh, awesome. Name. Was, uh, yeah, he was just a local guy. Uh, we used to get a kick out of him going to see the local shows and, uh, we seen him at the movie theater and we said, Hey, how can we get in professional wrestling? And he said, um, Hey, I want to, he goes, I hope you guys get into professional wrestling, but I want to backyard wrestle. So it was kind of a weird, I guess it was trading places, but he was already a backyard wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, yeah, uh, he started backyard wrestling with us and, uh, he started bringing me the shows and, uh, I would set up the ring, uh, do security during the shows, whatever, um, clean up, uh, set up the chairs, you know, just just little things and paying my dues until I got in there and started lying and telling wrestling promoters that I was trained. So you were just willing to do anything. And before we, we talk about really your, your entrance into professional wrestling, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by that backyard wrestling uh, period of time because, you know, they had people doing these events and they'd have, you know, some of them would have a couple hundred people, you know, at these things. Was it Was it kind of this underground... Uh, where people were, you know, trying out do each other with these, uh, you know, they videotape it and they, you know, pass these tapes around. And what, of course, the uh, social media wasn't as big 
uh, as it is now. But was there that kind of world out there? Was it this this culture of uh, backyard wrestling? Uh, uh, I wasn't that submerged in it. Uh, we we me and my friends backyard wrestled for each other. Basically, <laughs> um, we would do these do these events, yeah. dress up as different characters, and then afterwards, before we uh, went to a party or something, we'd all gather and and drink as underage teens um, and watch the, the, the backyard wrestling show we just did. Mm. And then later, this is even before MySpace because when I got MySpace, I started going and trying to find other backyard wrestling companies in my vicinity. And uh, we would meet up with other backyard wrestlers. We'd wrestle for their backyard wrestling company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd go somewhere else. We'd wrestle for another backyard wrestling company. It's basically what wrestlers do on the indies. Yeah. But <laughs> so, was it pretty much for nothing? I mean, did they pay you? No, no, <laughs> you're not getting paid. This is. Yeah. <laughs> it was just fun. We're, we're, yeah, we're just doing it for fun. Yeah. You know, we were just that much fans, like mm-hmm. willing to fall through makeshift tables and mm-hmm. hit each other with chairs for just our own enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you were. I know you were a fan of the the WWF uh, in the early '90s, and then really got into it later with the era of you know Rock and and uh, and Steve Austin. Uh, and and uh, obviously, you wanted to be a wrestler, but it didn't it doesn't sound like you were kind of following that mold of of wrestling. I mean, it was you, you were you always more into that extreme, uh, you know, the stuff that you you know you talk about with the with the tables and chairs, which uh, they had kind of started to reintroduce. Uh, at, at that era of the WWE, but not anywhere near uh, to what some of the stuff that uh, you, you've gotten into. Uh, so what what was your focus then? I mean, did you look at it, I want to be just like The Rock or this just like uh, Stone Cold? Well, my favorite wrestler of all time is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So yeah. I, always, I, I always was a big fan of the WWF. I was always a fan of WCW. Mm-hmm. But the ECW and... Some of that craziness, some of the Japanese death matches that I would get from uh, tape traders and whatnot, the the videotapes, uh, compilations that tape traders would make, and then they would sell bootleg versions at wrestling indie wrestling shows. I would pick those up, and I'd be like, "Wow, this is mind blowing stuff!" Uh, explosives, piranhas, God. scorpions, barbed wire, yeah. all all of that nonsense. I was like, "This is a different level." Alligators. <laughs> Like back in Japanese, uh, ja- back in Japan in the nineties, deathmatch wrestling was really the wild west. Uh, it was really, really strange stuff, and yeah. uh, it really caught my eye. And so that's what you really wanted to do. I mean, it just—I <laughs> can't imagine. Uh, I mean, did you just have a very low threshold for pain, or you just wanted to see what you could do? I mean, what was what drove you to do some of the things that you you've done? Well, I didn't really get into that, the deathmatch stuff until the last five years. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't do anything with barbed wire, thumbtacks, any glass. I haven't, I didn't do anything with any of that until the last five years. Yeah. Um, I just was trying to get my footing in the business and uh, was taking on different characters. And, uh, you know, when the opportunity arose for me to, do those matches i said why not because it's really what i grew up watching in my teens and uh 
I believe it's an art form, it, mm-hmm. even though it gets completely destroyed on the internet by everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's a the psychology of hardcore wrestling is 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 great, and uh, I don't consider myself a deathmatch wrestler. I, I consider, even though some of my most famous bumps have taken place in deathmatches, I I consider myself an artist, and uh, you know, I'm definitely going to dabble in. Uh, any type of style, and if you follow my career, I've done it all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. And did you see kind of this is your your way to get in? Uh, because you, you say you weren't really, you know, formally trained. You didn't go to a school for a bunch of months. I know that later that uh, you started going to, you know, seminars and that kind of thing. But uh, did you see that this is this is my way in? And you said, you know, you lied to promoters and would do whatever you had to do to get into the ring. Yeah, I just uh, just lied to the promoter. Promoters told them I was trained and uh, some pro- promoters they would be like uh can you sell 10 tickets for us this is kind of in your area yeah i would go yeah yeah good i wouldn't sell the 10 tickets (laughs) but somehow i'm still you know i still sailed along just kept showing up uh, on that ship yeah yeah and setting up and that the promoter the one promoter he was a carny new jersey promoter dapper johnny falco he's a legendary but if he's they've done two documentaries about this guy and uh gino moore that's how legendary carnival promoters these guys are yeah um one unfortunately passed away Gino more but this guy he took a liking to me because the way i was and the way i didn't give a shit mm-hmm. and uh he thought it was funny it popped him and eventually it led to me he he lived a couple towns over the same town as me and uh he would just say hey why don't you take a why don't you come up come ride with me mm-hmm. so that's basically how uh I got in and started wrestling a full-time schedule because these guys are running like 60 shows a year. So for independent company wrestling that running that many shows a year, wrestling was uh, a weekend thing. Yeah. But you know, Joey, it's amazing to me that, uh, you know, a lot of guys that want to get into the business uh, and they may not be very big, but you know, they're usually, even if they're five, eight, uh, they've got a little meat on their bones, and I've heard you say that when you started with this, you weighed like 120 pounds, even less. Really? Because <laughs> yeah, I think I was. I think I was even maybe 110 pounds. Good lord! Maybe it went up to maybe 130. Um, trying to think, think what? Definitely, I think uh, senior year of high school, I was wrestling almost every weekend i was 150 pounds 
And were you just getting destroyed so, by these guys that you go up against? Because I imagine in most cases, they probably were a lot larger than you. Um, it depends. I, the promotion I work for, the guys, you know, there was always the names that got brought in. I was never the guy who wrestled the names. Yeah. I was, um, I was the guy who wrestled the other ticket sellers and, uh, I was one of the good ticket sellers mm-hmm. and, uh, I could make, I can make guys look semi-passable and sometimes I couldn't, but that would be my, my spot until I wrestled until they, I started getting things and they would make you wrestle the regional guy who was pretty decent, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that you can have a decent wrestling match. Cause all that crowd saw all night was garbage wrestling. And, and the guy who got released off WWF or, uh, Greg Valentine wrestling, uh, Tom Brandy, that's, that's what the crowd got. So sometimes I'd fill that slot of guy who can wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, that, did, that was the New Jersey Carney Indies. Yeah. And, and what did you do? Because uh, I can't imagine at this point that you really had a, a an idea of what was going on in the ring for a while. But I mean, something must have caught on. Uh, what was it that that got you over through that that period of time when you really didn't know what you were doing? Um, I guess just uh, charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had the I had the basics down, and uh, you know, I would do some cool stuff. I was a lot more athletic then than I was now, mm-hmm. and I can do I can do a lot of the crazy flips. I can do the shooting stars. I can do the springboard moonsaults to the outside into the third row, and I, I kind of blew my load with all that back then because mm-hmm. I do it anymore. Um. Because I'm, I guess I'm older now, but I never, I kind of grew out of that. So between that and my charisma and, you know, you know uh, dressing me up sometimes in a monkey costume, uh, and a, a monkey gimmick, uh, that was, you know, it was just weird stuff, weird times. Uh, and then, uh, and uh, wrestling will never be like that ever again. Yeah, no, really? Uh, yeah, I guess it has evolved, but, um, you know, back then, and now you call it controlled chaos, but I uh, imagine when you were first doing this and you were just coming up with a lot of these bumps, uh, you must, it had to have taken a toll on your body. And at what point did you start really uh, figuring out how to make these in, in as, as much as it could be safe for your body so that you didn't uh, suffer a, a severe injury? Uh, probably the last five years, I guess. Like I've before that, it was just all, all balls out. You just just did it. No, I knew how to protect myself with all stuff. Um, I don't know how. I've, I've been wrestling for thirteen years yeah. almost now, and uh, I've only had one injury, which was my knee injury. So that kind of shows you with all the bumps. If I showed you every single bump in a row, yeah, for, and sat you down, you would think I was dead. But I only suffered one injury, and. Um, you know, a couple concussions, but people that do a technical wrestling style or strong style, they get concussions as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just part of our business. That's a part of sports. That's part of being an athlete. So, yeah, you really can't say if my style is more dangerous than the next guy's because my track record speaks for itself. Yeah. But how, how about when you're working with these other guys uh, that you, you also have to depend on them? Uh, to protect you or yeah. to take that bump right. I mean, were there uh, many situations where you had a guy that really uh, 
maybe shouldn't have been doing that with you, but uh, somehow it didn't happen. No, really. I think everyone's pretty professional. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of guys trust me. So if, um, if I have an idea and I want to do something, then, uh, they'll probably just go with me. Um, it's rarely, it's a rare situation if they don't. Um, and it's not because they're scared of what is going to happen. They're just, it just doesn't fit into the story we're trying to tell. But usually now it's pretty, whenever I wrestle, if I want to do something wild, they're usually pretty down for it. And, uh, you know, I have a good track record, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just the way I wrestle and, uh, but I can wrestle any type of way, but if I want to get crazy, I'm going to get crazy. Well, you know, and, and, uh, along this journey, um, and I, I'd imagine that, uh, there was a long time where, you know, you, you were making all these towns and just working for these independent outfits and not making, I, I can't even imagine the kind of money you were making. Uh, but when did it start to really change? And was it with, uh, so I know you credit social media for a lot of, uh, your success and notoriety now from, uh, you know, but when did you start to see that change? Um, like maybe two years ago, which is crazy. Um, because I was really, I was still doing free shows two years ago sometimes just hmm. because I wanted to wrestle. Like that's legitimate. I was doing free shows. I was traveling two hours to a free show on Wednesdays. Just because I wanted to wrestle, you know, and that was like two years ago, and uh, that's pretty wild to think about. And most of my, most of my career, I made twenty five to sixty dollars. Wow! There was no, there was no merchandise. Yeah, there was none of that. Yeah, there was uh, bring a couple eight by tens that you printed at Staples and hope that they sell. You know, there was none of that, and uh, so probably about two years ago is when I started. You know, realizing people were telling the other name workers were telling me to up my price and get more money and stop killing myself for the little money that I've received. And, uh, you know, things and I'm still I'm still to this day up until my injury. I was still one of the most humbly paid guys on the Indies. There's guys that don't do shit and do the same match in every town and get paid eight hundred, six hundred to eight hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And. I every time I come to a different town, I do something different. And uh, seriously, I my my rate wasn't that high, mm. you know. And and that's why I was getting used. Uh, maybe a year and a half ago, that's why I was getting used in every indie promotion all over the place because I'm very humble. And you know, I do have my merch and I do well on that. But you know, it's just uh, I was making money. I was making more money than I was delivering pizzas. Yeah. So I was ha I was happy with that. You know? <laughs> I was happy with what I was making. Well, uh, you know, you're, you're certainly really well known, and 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 it it did get you a tremendous amount of notice. Was that uh, the plunge off the roof with uh, Zandig uh, Mondo? And uh, going into that, you know, people are, are probably think, yeah, he planned this. He, he thought if he did this, it was going to help his career. But that isn't the way it happened, right? No, it was just um, – his name is just Zandig. Mondo, Mondo was the guy he originally threw off the roof in 2003. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's all good. But, uh, yeah, no, he was just a, a, a character. He owned Combat Zone Wrestling back in the day. Shows I used to go to, shows I used to get 
tapes of. And this guy Zandig was this big pot belly guy who kind of uh, jacked up, uh, but looked like a classic bodybuilding, uh, powerlifting build. And um, he's an old guy now, but back in the day, he was he was cool. He would throw guys off buildings through fire and just reckless, just reckless nonsense that we all like to watch. So when he came on to social media, no one believed it was him. Mm. But right off the bat, I started saying, hell, you won't throw me off the building. But, uh, yeah, it was the real guy. And uh, So he, but he, dis- he, he disappeared for a long for a period of time because, obviously, I, didn't, I don't know about him. And <laughs> so, yeah. but, but he was, you know, he's kind of this underworld independent guy and then disappeared? Yeah, he kind of disappeared for about eight years. Uh, why, from he injury? Or? Huh? No, I just think he was done. He sold CZW. Uh-huh. Um, and he was just done. He has young kids, and uh, he was a foreman of a construction company, and uh, I just wanted to get away from the business. Uh-huh. And uh, CZW was the – they're the ones that started the really, really crazy nonsense in wrestling and that guy was the guy who started it <laughs> so he was gone for like eight years and when he appeared on facebook everyone was uh laughing and saying oh that's not him that's some guy runs it for him or some guys pretending to be him but it was him and uh he started asking around who i was and why i kept like calling him out and he decided he wanted to uh do a show with game changer wrestling which was the, up- the upstart company i'm now very a part of mm-hmm. and um he wanted to do a, a themed show based off one of the deathmatch tournaments he did in cw in the early 2000s and he wanted to bring that back so uh that was it he was coming to wrestle me and uh i knew i was getting thrown off something but i didn't know if i, I was getting thrown off that mm-hmm. roof you know uh so <laughs> It was showing up at that building that day. He said, come around back. I'm going to show you where you're going to go off of. It was it was just like, all right, you got to do it now. You know, that was my, <sighs> you're not going to say no. Are you on the ground looking up or up on top of this thing looking down? <laughs> I went, I, no, I went on the, gr- I, first I was on the ground. He showed me where I was going to fall into. Yeah. Um, he showed me the truck, the, the, the reason it was in the back of the pickup truck is because the shock, uh, the springs on the, the truck, um, would break or fall much like a, a wrestling ring, which mm-hmm. he was, he was a hundred percent right about that. Actually, to be honest, he, yeah. it felt like flipping off of a building into a wrestling ring, uh, a hard one, but a wrestling yeah. ring. Um, so yeah, he was showing me how it was going to fall and, there was a lot of stuff a part of the, the 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 bump that I agreed I didn't agree to take uh, before I said I want to do this I want to do that, but when I got there I was talked into it and uh, I said okay let's do it and uh, I thought it was off the lower roof and then he said come on we're gonna go go up mm. and it was on into the it was the very top roof of this uh, warehouse Jesus. and um, you know. We did the match. The match was great. Yeah. Uh, this guy looked the best he's looked in like 15 years. I'm doing a great job of, uh, you know, doing this match with them and the crowds into it. And, uh, and we go to the spot and, you know, we go up and 
he lifts me up and it's just like, uh, all right, I close my eyes. And when I open them, it was, <laughs> we were in a back of a truck, yeah. um, in a pile of glass and barbed wire. And, uh, I opened my eyes. As soon as I opened my eyes, a bunch of light bulbs that popped off the truck due to the spring came crashing down on my face and spitting out glass. And uh. this guy was saying his back was broken and, uh, uh. I couldn't see anything because of dust. I didn't think I was that hurt. I was like, wow, I survived this. And this is all right. This was very wild. It was a very wild thing to do. And uh, I looked at my hand and my my thumb was squirting blood all over the place. Wow. And uh, it was really, it was a really crazy moment because the entire staff ran over and I was like, my thumb is hanging off. And this guy's saying his back is broken. But yeah, when we came out of that truck, that crowd was they 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 lost it and, oh yeah uh, yeah it was really people say it's in front of 30 people there was a good 500 people there it was the most hardcore wrestling fans from uh the present and uh, past from the days of czw over there and uh it really was a special moment even though my thumb was hanging off and i didn't go right to the hospital you know i hung around there for about another four hours i just taped it up and Drank about six beers and then, then decided to go to the hospital. Wow! So that's that's just amazing. That was and, that. Yeah, and, but uh, you know, what's really surreal is because, of course, there's there a lot of people that you know had this uh, their their phone cam, you know, out and videotaping it. And uh, right after it's over, and you you just mentioned to the two of you in the back of this pickup truck, and you're kind of both kind of looking around, and you see the two of you. And uh, I think you know, kind of you look at your thumb and you're kind of like what the, and then that guy you know it's obviously he's in pain, and then there's like barbed wire is just stuck to your back. I mean as you move, it, I mean it just looks like it's just glued to you. Yeah. Uh, and what was stuck in my hair really bad. Oh man, I mean, uh, no one ever. There's no way you can top that bump. There's I don't know how anybody could do anything. I I you know you look at that. And even uh, you know that hell in a cell with with Mick Foley doesn't compare uh, <laughs> as far as what could have gone wrong. You look at that truck and it had those well, metal bars on the side. Uh, your yeah, head could oh, have yeah. hit that, and you would. I mean, yeah. What did I you? I was very close. Yeah. The way I came down, I came down kind of sideways. If you look at the video, and uh, I turned kind of uh, horizontal, and. Uh, yeah, I came pretty close. Smacked my head on that bar. You know, that would have been it for me. Yeah. But you know, I'm not gonna. If I had a time machine, I want to go back back in the past and change anything because it's kind of made me who I am. Um, but yeah, he broke because the truck was too close, and he had the pencil dive in to save me from right. landing through the windshield. Um, so he he broke his back, and now he walks with a cane. Apparently, really, people see him around Walmart. People see him around Walmart and stuff, and they say he walks around with a cane. And, uh, you know, I guess it's like, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a scene out of a comic book, you know? Then, yeah, it is. It's, it's surreal to very, watch. It is. It really is just amazing. Uh, but what, what did you take away from that, though, Joey? Uh, as far as, you know, as uh, Steve Austin has said many times, you only have so many bump cards. Did you say, you know what? Uh, did you reassess on, on doing these things or what, how did you walk away from it? 
No, I. <laughs> the. It was crazy. It became one of the most viral wrestling videos yeah. of all time. Yeah. Uh, ESPN on, had it. It was on ESPN. Yeah. It's like. The next day. Yeah. I was laid up in my bed the next day, and someone called me and said, You're on ESPN right now, which was kind of crazy at that time. Like, uh, stuff didn't really happen like that. Mm-hmm. It was on uh, everything Fox News, everything yeah. um, that week. And it just millions and millions of views. And I kind of liked the attention, even though some of the backlash was just as, you know, just as bad, yeah. you know. Uh, but. I didn't care. Uh, I did it. I survived it. It was cool. Um, maybe look like a, a star. <laughs> I wasn't dead. So yeah. I took everything from it. And, uh, you know, as soon as I came back, I was only a three month recovery. I did something just as crazy without the fire and the glass and stuff. But that was my first match back. And people thought, oh, wow, he, he's really trying to kill himself. Yeah. Well, there is a documentary, Please Don't Die, Joy Danella. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But um, that, that uh, you know, the, I don't want to encourage anybody at home who wants to get into the business to try something like that. Uh, because, as Joey said, I mean, it was as crazy as it looked. They did try and prepare to, to be safe with it. But how did it help your career? Uh, you said you had the layoff of three months. Were you hearing from all kinds of promoters that wanted you to – Let's come work for them. I mean, how did it help you? Uh, things started to just pick up yeah. uh, here for promoters. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of people that didn't know my name yet thought I was just some kind of, they would say garbage wrestling. And mm. just, um, I had to really prove myself and really had to step my game up uh, in every aspect of um, this business, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I've the last couple of years I've wrestled every big name independent wrestler who's moved on, who's come back, uh, guys from the nineties. I've hung with them all. I've I've never I, I I've never mailed it in. I've never said I was going to take an easier route, mm-hmm. but I've wrestled every style. I've wrestled invisible men. <laughs> I had 30 matches with Invisible Men in Blackpool, England, of all places. It was one of the matches that took place against me and the Invisible Man and in a historic wrestling venue in front of Blackpool wrestling fans um, who all stood on their feet after the match and applauded because they thought it was wonderful. Um, yeah, you, you know, know, with I, those matches, Joey, uh, and since you mentioned it, I was going to mention it a little bit later, but... Uh, you know, it's interesting when you watch those because when you first come out and people are like, what the F, you know, and uh, even though they know it's whatever's coming. But uh, it's interesting to see and maybe you can explain it better how how these things, how it starts out. And by the end of it, you know, you've got the crowd involved, you know, where the guy comes out and they all go fall back in their seats. And uh, it's 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 great to see how it hit the the process of that match. And then, like you said, at the end of it, people are just <laughs> cheering. Uh, yeah. So how, how did you come with the, that? How did that concept come up? And then to pull it off, because, you know, it's not a little three-minute little match. It goes on. Yeah, uh, I just, uh, I told some guy, I kept on making jokes, say I was going to come yeah. to his show and rest the Invisible Man. Yeah. And he said, no, come. I said, I'm going to come. You're gonna, I'm going to rest the Invisible Man. 
And it's a little dojo shows at the CTW dojo back then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to wrestle him, and uh, we did it. And then, like, the local buzz for that match, or like, oh, Joey Janela just did a 30-minute match with the Invisible Man. And then it turned out, like, I started touring with this match, and I they wanted me to do it in England at the Blackpool, and they wanted me to do it at the ICP Gathering the Juggalos. Yeah. And then <clears throat> it's just, uh, you know, it's just me wrestling myself, and uh, <laughs> it's just... I. <laughs> It's like, uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me uh, to really just uh, express my art. And uh, yeah. if you can get a crowd up at the end of a, a match with you wrestling for your, wrestling with yourself for 30 minutes, looking like an idiot to anyone outside that box, um, man, you did something right. Um, I think it's a whole different level of working. People call it stupid, but uh, Jim, Jim Cornette couldn't go in there and wrestle yeah. Invisible Man for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's very true. Well, and I've got to tell you, the one the one I, I watch, and then you lose, which was just perfect. I think <laughs> I lost every time. I think I put him up every time. He's yeah. an asshole. You put him over, yeah. Every time. Oh, no, he, no, he won't job. He won't job. That's no, why. Damn, he's, you know, these guys, <laughs> you know, they won't work. But that's yeah. that's really awesome. Uh, you know, your your evolution though has really been uh, fun to watch here. And and uh, uh, you you know you mentioned that uh, you've kind of learned along the way. Uh, at, at the beginning, and I know that you you talked about you've lo- you lost your father when you were very young. And I, I just I wondered how much was that early on? You know, the 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 real. You, I mean, you were a bad boy. Uh, you know, even. Along that, I just wonder how much that maybe that inner anger. I lost my father when I was 18, and I just remember then I was a little older, but I was screwed up. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For a while. Um, was that a lot of the early beginning that you... that? You channeled that anger, and I don't know, uh, kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, I don't know, a self hate or something that people, you know, that drive them. But what was, how did that uh, figure into your wrestling? Uh, I, I was before before my father passed. I was bad. I was a bad child. Yeah. Uh, with the room, the going to the psychologist, and <laughs> then trying to put me on meds because I was getting. Suspended from school. My parents always had to come pick me. You know, but from there, when my father passed, I think, you know, still, you know, it was just really, you know, I was just one of those kids. And, uh, you know, I think wrestling really, wrestling really 
getting into wrestling around 15 years old mm-hmm. really, really helped me because at around 15, 16, 17, even though I still, yes, I, I got arrested and whatnot and we're getting fights with cops or getting at the movie theater or the cops show up to my house every other day. You know, at least I had wrestling, you know, as a goal mm-hmm. to put my, um, put my mind to and, you know, and I knew the more that I wrestled and the more I did it, that the more I would stay out of trouble. Yeah. So in many ways it saved you. Oh, of course. Mm. Of course. I was never a guy. I never was somebody who did drugs. There's those people in high school, those bad kids that do drugs and do whatever. I was a drinker. I'd go to parties and stuff, but I was never selling drugs or doing that it was always stupid really stupid stuff Uh, but uh yeah it was just stupid stuff and yeah i definitely would have got myself in trouble eventually pretty bad just from doing stupid stuff uh you know but uh yeah wrestling definitely helped me out a lot well, you know, and it's uh, it's ironic that, you know, all these things that you've done, uh, you know, prior leading up to this, and even after you went off the roof, uh, that it's ironic that, you know, you, and you're still rehabbing your knee, that uh, at a show in September, a GCW show, uh, you're coming off a turnbuckle, which is, you know, onto a cement floor, which is not, a you know, it's certainly a risky move, but considering, you know, the other things that you've done, do you just land wrong? Did you do you find that like yeah. uh, kind of comical in a sense that you know of all the things I've done, this is the one that gets me? Well, yeah, this summer, but this last summer, I've this is the hardest I've ever went yeah. um, as a wrestler. I actually, I think it's in June I blew out my knee, that knee too as well. Uh, oh, really? I think it was damaged already. I was oh. wrestling Walter at Beyond Wrestling and a moonsault to the floor, mm-hmm. and I couldn't walk for a week. Because uh, my knee was so swollen. Um, I think that had something to do with it. And I just kept on going and going and going. And then the week before that at PWG, I broke my right foot. So when I went to jump with my left and the catch wasn't that good. When I went to jump the next week, my, the catch wasn't that good. And I planted with my left foot and my knee just gave out. And that was it. Yeah, And it, you didn't just tear your MCL. or your, You did a real good job with it. I mean, everything, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my MCL was completely disintegrated, they said, mm. uh, which was wild. He said it was the worst one he's ever seen. Um, the PCL, they thought, was also pretty bad. But when they went in, microscopically, they realized that it was still connected by about 12%, mm-hmm. which in PCL that in PCL uh, world, that means that uh, it can heal on its own somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always heal on its own, but... Uh, there could be some deformities when it does heal with my knee sitting in certain directions and whatnot. But uh, I decided you know, to hold off on that and let that uh, let that heal on its own. And the, the MCL is bad enough when you have to get that surgery done. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty brutal injury. And you think what you're going to be another cu- couple three months? few months four months i think i i'll get a better uh better um idea about it probably in the beginning of next month Mm -hmm. 
I was way before I was way behind the schedule on uh rehab. Uh my knees just wasn't bending. Mm. Um and uh now I think I'm right up to par where to where I should be. Uh right after this phone call, I'm gonna go there right now to see where we're at because I had to take the whole week off. Yeah. So let's hope, let's cross our fingers and hope that uh everything's looking good. So yeah. uh yeah, it's just the first it's really the first injury I've suffered besides the thumb. The thumb is only three months. This is a this is a big injury, you know. It's uh, really um, injuries really mess with you, and yeah. uh, this one is this one is a this one is a uh, uh, a bad one. Yeah, absolutely. But you got a lot uh, ahead of you uh, with uh, AEW, and and uh, I know it's probably been tough for you to sit at home uh, and have and not being able to get into the ring, but you're one of the guys out there and, uh, you know, people like Cody and, and the young bucks and Marty and all that. They, they, uh, there's this generation of, of, uh, guys that are really social media savvy and, uh, you're certainly one of them. And how big of a, a part of your success uh, to this point do you credit, you know, Twitter and, uh, uh, you have a huge following and, uh, these other social platforms. How much have they helped you? Uh, Twitter is just. That's like, it's really, it's really what kind of helped me get my name out there after that roof thing. Um, yeah. Cause it gave me a platform for me to, for me to express myself and uh, say whatever I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people these days in professional wrestling, they'd like to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. because the landscape has, the landscape has changed of wrestling. It's more of a PG product now the WWE. Mm-hmm. So people have to watch what they say. Uh, the climate outside of just wrestling in general, the climate of life, the president uses social media mm-hmm. uh, to air himself out, which, you know, it's just, it's just wild stuff. Some of this, it's just, everything has changed due to Twitter, due to Instagram. Um, and who knows? I don't even know. Where you can go next in society after this? Um, uh, they always find a way, you know. They always find a new platform, but you know, it's just um, social media definitely changed the way I marketed myself, um, got bookings, um, just everything, uh, content, um, everything. Um, it, it's really, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, my wrestling shows with GCW Spring Break, they became successes overnight due to Twitter, due to social media. Um, you know, it's just uh, and now those shows are selling out at four minutes. Yeah, it's just uh, social media. It's just uh, I think that's number one. I think wrestlers they should uh, use it to their fullest. Uh, even my manager. Uh, uh, and um, one of my best friends, you know, Penelope Ford, I tell her she got to use social media. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned your spring break events, and uh, this is another thing that I really love seeing happen uh, with the independent guys, with the, with you guys, is that you really have taken control of your own destinies. Uh, yeah. you're, you're in charge of your own merchandise. That's all yours. Uh, you know, you, you've got this intimate connection to your fans, which I think 
in some ways that the 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 WWE is missing that. You guys, whether you, it was a purposeful or it just was this magic that happened, but uh, you know your spring break events are a classic example of that. And uh, yeah. was it just something you like? Uh, you seem like you've always walked your own drum here. Uh, was that just part of you? Like say, hey, you know what? I'll just have my own event. No, it was uh, it was the guys. It was uh. Brett Lauderdale, he's the owner of GCW, yeah. and John Carlo, uh, they got offered a slot on a, a deal uh, during WrestleMania weekend, and uh, he thought, how can we make this work? And my social media, you know, at that time was developing a following. So they said, let's just call it Joey Janela something and have some wild party show at midnight. Mania weekend and see how it does. Uh, we didn't think it was going to do that good. But it's just, you know, I tell all the I tell all the new wrestlers that ask me, they always ask me advice. Uh, you know, what can I do to get my name out there? And I just say social media. Like I said, uh, Penelope Ford, she she could have five hundred thousand followers right now, but she, I feel like she doesn't post on social media enough. But it's just uh, it's just something like. You got to post on social media. I'm on my phone. I'm addicted to social media, I think, now. Uh-huh. And uh, when I'm out to eat, when I'm doing something, I'm always on my phone. And to people on the outside, it looks like that I'm uh, engulfed in this world, into this, uh, into this digital vortex, yeah. frowned upon. But, yeah. but in, in my mind, I'm just doing my business. Yeah. I was going to say, it's part of your business. now. This is my business. Mm -hmm. Uh, my job 24 seven is to, um, you go on the internet, you know, figure out ways to engage people. And, uh, that's it. That's my job. Now I, I deliver pizzas. I did this. I did that. Now my job is my job at rest. My, my job is wrestling, of course, but, in all reality, my job is to engage people and uh, on social media. Well, you know, you're this your uh, third one now. There's uh, Joey Janela's uh, Spring Break Three is taking place April fifth. Joey, there's a bunch of sites. What is the best one for people if they want to get tickets for it? Where, where, where's the best place to go? Well, it's gone now. The tickets are gone. They sold out in four minutes. Oh or, man, we had, we, can't had, go. we had to add. A, you can't go. We had to add a second show. <laughs> we added a second show, and that sold out just That's as good. fast. Wow! So, how many people are we talking? I mean, is it how many thousand? Uh, it's probably about eight hundred. It's going to be a smaller, intimate show. You need a bigger but, building, dude. Yeah, but <laughs> now we're like, we're thinking we added a second show. Yeah. So, you know, with everything that's going on WrestleMania weekend, you know, it's it's gotten crazy over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, there's so many events now. There's so much craziness let's keep it at 800 people this year uh we do great on fight tv the buy rate right. uh the they 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 couldn't i was talking to the owner of fight tv the other day uh down in jacksonville he was there for the the press conference and he was saying he couldn't believe when we started putting the shows on his platform on how well they did yeah, um and now they're even doing better than impact wrestling uh, which is crazy who they have tv and whatnot our our pay-per-views are doing uh numbers either right along with what they're doing or better um yeah. which is is pretty wild because we're just independent guys and uh 
we're doing this all on our own. You know, uh, we don't have TV. Um, you know, we don't have, you know, a lot of the resources they have, but you know, 800 people selling out in four minutes. I'm happy with that. And the shows are going to be extra special. Yeah. And, uh, and, and let's talk about the, your new adventure again here with, the with AEW and, uh, I don't know. You, you've said, I don't think you've ever had like a formal contract. Is this going to be, uh, a much better, uh, situation for you? Are you going to be able to do some of these other independents? Or are you just going to be devoted to AEW? What's ahead for you? Well, I, I um, when they offered me a contract, I, I've never signed a contract in my career. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I always wanted to, sign a contract that was going to be worthwhile and for me to sign that piece of paper last week that uh was um was was really was really great for me and uh because it shows all the hard work i've been through and all the ups and downs that i made it in wrestling that i was offered a a big money contract for the first time in my life and i i don't have to look in the past and Say, well, what if I don't make money? What if I get hurt? What if this mm-hmm. I, that I have to go back to delivering pizzas or driving for Uber? That I realized that, wow, I I did something, and I I'm proud of it. And uh, you know, it, it to me it's kind of like graduating from law school or something. You know, if you put all your time and energy into becoming a lawyer and you go to law school, and after those eight years, yeah, you get that job as a as a lawyer in a firm that you've done it, yeah, you know, you, all your you hard paid work your dues. Yeah. And I hope you can get out of the attic this, this now, that... Joey, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get yourself a nice house. You deserve yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, no, it, I, 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 I humbly live. I, I tell people, uh, I'm not a superstar. I tell people, I was, listen, I still live with my mom. You know? <laughs> I, I, I'm on the road a lot yeah. now, but, I still live. I, I still live with my mom. I, I I don't have a bank account. I put all my money in a uh, the top drawer of a. Uh... Oh boy. <laughs> and keep it there. There's my bank. All right. Yeah. You know, but uh, uh, things got things are going to have to change here, Joey, because uh, you're about ready to take the to the next level. And I could not. That's it. Could not be happier for you because, man, uh, uh, everything everybody's told me about you is that you're you're a great guy and uh, you deserve it. Well, Joe, I think you've added a few fans today with my listeners here on the podcast. Uh, how can they follow you? What's the uh, best way for them to uh, be able to get in touch with you if they wanted to? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Janella Baby. And on Instagram, you can find me at the bad boy, Joey Janella. Pretty easy. Um, and, yeah, uh, that's it. Don't add me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Go get, your, go get your knee fixed. I can't wait to see what you've got coming next. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on primetime. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Really enjoyed my conversation with Joy Janella. Uh, the guy has worked his ass off uh, 10 plus years and, uh, you know, really started just, you know, lying to promoters, as he said, and he is definitely not what you'd call an overnight success. As I mentioned, going in uh, to that conversation, but, uh, you know, he's faced it all. He's uh, got a lot of critics out there for what uh, what he does. But, um, you know, he has uh, earned a lot of respect out there and has hung with the best of them in, in these matches. It was uh, his his dream, his ultimate dream to get to the WWE. But now 
He's got another opportunity here with uh, AEW. And I'm telling you, keep an eye on this guy. He's going to be uh, one of the stars of this uh, this new venture. And I can't wait to see what Joey Janela does uh, in the in the world of professional professional wrestling from this point on. And he's still uh, healing up from a knee injury, which, as I mentioned, isn't it crazy that, you know, all that stuff the guy did, you know, jumping off the building with that guy into the back of a pickup truck, uh, which should have killed him. And uh, what gets him is uh, jumping off a top turnbuckle onto a cement floor, which certainly is dangerous. But, uh, you know, of all these insane bumps that he takes, that's the one that gets him. And uh, I think that, you know, I, I didn't mention it in the conversation, but I think probably it was kind of built up because they said, you know, he had 12% of some, uh, you know, ligament in there. Uh, it was probably all those bumps that he had taken prior to that. And finally that was the straw that did it, but he's going to be back and uh, we're very excited to see what he's going to do moving forward. He, you know, I hope at this point he's going to start making some real money. I mean, if you look, if you would have seen that, if you've seen the, that documentary, please don't die. Joy Janela. They they take uh, they go up into this room that he has, and it's in the attic. He lives with his mom. He still admits that, uh, and he says he he doesn't even have a bank account. <laughs> it's, but I hope now that he's reached a point in his career, really, where he's going to make some real money, and he's going to take it to the next level. You know, he's uh, he's certainly done it all for a, for a young kid. I don't even think he's thirty yet, but just just amazing. Uh, guys, I know that uh, your first love is Primetime with Sean Mooney, but uh, there are other podcasts out there, and I like to listen to a few of the other ones, and I have a, a couple that I just wanted to uh, give a shout-out to this week. Uh, they're uh, uh, loyal listeners, and they, they put together uh, some pretty damn good podcasts. One is uh, Squared Circle DNA. Uh, they boast of uh, 50,000 listeners per week, and that uh, they are the largest fan-owned and operated show. Uh, they're featured on all your favorite platforms and uh, soon uh, will air on Dash Radio, they tell me. Uh, and they've also launched a second show, uh, a watch-along series. That should be fun. Danny and Justin relive their favorite matches together on air and with you. So check out Squared Circle DNA and also another one, uh, the WWE Podcast. Now, it's released twice a week on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, and, uh, also they have, uh, or he has, I should say, Matt has a patreon.com uh, membership and you can check that out at patreon.com slash WWE podcast. And, uh, the WWE podcast focuses on current WWE product. And let me tell you, you know, Matt is very passionate about what he does. He's been a fan for 20 years and, uh, you know, he gives you the, he gives you what he thinks, uh, you know, his take. Good and bad. It's not all. He's not just uh, crapping on the WWE. He talks about, you know, the good things that he thinks they're doing. And uh, he has seen the product for a long time. So he is a, a pretty good source on that. Uh, and also, which is also great, it's uh, family friendly. Uh, you know, some of these are pretty blue, but it is uh, definitely PG. So uh, you can play it in the minivan. And unlike uh, many shows out there that, you know, run down the product, as I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, cuss words, uh, you know, expletives. Uh, it's a show that, uh, you know, from a perspective of somebody who's been really watching for a long time. And I'm sure you, you can imagine he has a lot to talk about right now with what's happening with the WWE. So uh, he also has a, another segment that I like. He calls it What If? 
and um, he puts out these, you know, these wild uh, scenarios and like, uh, you know, what if uh, Stone Cold never turned heel or uh, what if Eddie Guerrero was still alive? And um, he uh, has another one that he said he's going to be talking about soon. Uh, it, it, what if the WWE finally turns John Cena heel? So uh, that's, you know, if you're really uh, keeping up on the WWE product and uh, you want to get somebody's take who really knows what he's talking about, check out Matt's podcast, uh, the WWE podcast. OK, there's a couple good ones you ought to check out. And uh, guys, if you haven't already, uh, don't wait any longer. Join us on Patreon so you don't miss all this exclusive material that we're putting up there. I promise you'll love what we have up there, and uh, believe me, there is a lot more on the way. Uh, just had a great conversation today uh, that I will soon be telling you about uh, that is certainly going to help us provide a lot of great uh, material coming up. So go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. That's patreon.com slash primetimemooney right after you get done listening to this, okay? Uh, and then, of course, go to YouTube and do our new channel. All that. Okay. Um, and we also have our first Patreon birthday shout out. Uh, that's part of uh, part of the membership, as we wish Daniel Zamorano. Daniel Zamorano, happy birthday, which is coming up on January 21st. Happy birthday, Daniel. And last, but of course not least, check out our fantastic PTSM Tees collection. We just got a new one up there. Inspired by the uh, riveting episode of the Edge and Christian show, aptly named Moonies. Uh, check that tea out and all the rest of the Mooney-inspired uh, uh, and PTSM-inspired T-shirts. That's go. To, uh, all you have to do is go to MooneyTees.com. That's MooneyTees.com. And uh, what's your assignment once again, Moon Nation? Uh, please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. It's called Primetime Mooney. Let's show those YouTube schmoes just how powerful Moon Nation is, okay? Who's with me? Let's go. Yay. All right? <laughs> it's been a long day. All right. Another great guest coming up next week for you, coming your way. Keep watching our social media outlets to find out who it is. Uh, you could go to at Primetime Mooney on Twitter and Instagram or, of course, Primetime with Sean Mooney on Facebook. It's been great. More stuff coming up. Have a great week. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.